This week, we're talking to Natasha Sislow. Natasha Sislow is a writer based here in Los Angeles. She started her career with magazines such as Variety and Cosmopolitan, landing at Detour Magazine, where she worked as a senior editor. Natasha eventually transitioned to the world of real estate, currently working at the agency. Yes, that agency, the real estate firm from the hit shows The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Million Dollar Listing LA, and their own show now, Buying Beverly Hills. I met Natasha through our volunteer work with the Alliance of Moms, and I know her to be generous, kind, and so much fun to be around. I admire her deep sense of adventure and her unwavering belief in love. A few years ago, her astrologer told her that her point of destiny is to tell a story, and what a story it is so far. I can't wait to share a piece of it with you today and introduce you all to this incredible woman. Hi. Hi. Thanks for being my guest today. Thanks for having me today. Uh, I'm so excited to chat with you, um, even though we have already, I feel like we should have started recording an hour ago because... When I walked in the front door. The minute you walked yeah. in, I was like, oh my God, I love you and I haven't seen you in so long. I and know. here's all the good stuff and now we'll just figure out something else to talk about. Well, we can still talk about how much I love you. <laughs> oh, yay. Um, okay. So this is Natasha Sislow. Did I say the last name right? Yep. Okay. You said it right. Great. So easy. We met... Five years ago? Six years ago, maybe? Yeah, I think so. Through the Alliance of Moms, yep. which is a wonderful organization, and Adriana will tag them in the episode notes so everyone can learn a little bit more. But since then, you've had so many interesting journeys. The biggest one, I think, being the launch of your book. Well, not even the launch, but like the journey of the story of the book, and then actually yeah. writing and... <laughs> publishing and all of watching this whole thing yeah it's been you caught at me at a good interesting like the last four years have been like wild wild so well I think I came in at the best time it right was, like past all the hardest parts of yes. life and then starting the most interesting yeah. part yeah we got the hard <laughs> shit done with my perception of you is like this magnetic fiercely interesting like very cool person who just uh, like has always had this fearlessness and and adventure and <laughs> so don't don't taint my idea of you any other stories will just go Not from there all, but I forward. love that yeah um tell people a little bit about the the book and how it kind of came to be. I know you've probably done so much talking about that. So I have, but not in a little while because okay. the book came out um, last August. So it's been a while. I took a, I've taken like a four month break of like talking yeah. about myself because <laughs> the one thing I learned about writing a memoir is, and then promoting it, it's, it's like an much. exercise in narcissism. You just have to talk about yourself all the time. And so I had to take a, a nice break from that. So yeah. But it's such a beautiful tale, all of it. I think the origin story of it and the book itself. Yeah. And people will find it vastly interesting. Well, um, I can sum it up for you if you want it, kind of the story of it. So the book is called All Signs Point to Paris, a memoir of love, loss, and destiny. Um, so weird that I haven't talked to him about it in so long. <laughs> I'm like, did I actually do that? Did I go on this crazy adventure? Yes. I did, yeah. So about four going on five years ago now, right, probably when we were meeting each other, my I was really at rock bottom. My dad was diagnosed with a terminal illness. I had just kind of ended things for the like millionth and final time with a man that I was really in love with, but just wasn't a relationship that could sustain. Mm -hmm. 
And um, I mean, a million things. I had a horrible divorce. My dog died. I filed bankruptcy. Like the hits had just kept coming and I was rebuilding in a career. I work at the agency in Los Angeles and it's really hard to fake it in this town, but I was doing that, right? Like you're just like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm selling this $10 million house today. And I'm like struggling raising two kids by myself. And I think when my dad got diagnosed with a lung disease that he was not going to recover from, he was my rock. And it really just knocked the wind out of me in a way that I hadn't ever known could happen. And so my best friend in the world who I had written off, I mean, I've known her for 25 years or longer now, my friend, Nicole, she wanted to gift me an astrology reading for my birthday because she just thought, you know, I needed this gift, right? Why not? And normally I would have said no. Um, because I was a real cynic, like did not believe in the crystals and the psychics and the gurus and all that stuff. Really? No, not at all. I was like, just, I was really mean about it, actually. I, was I like, did not know so that LA. part of the story. Oh yeah. oh yeah. I was the opposite. I wasn't a believer at all. I was a facts and logic and my dad was, you know, Mr. MIT and I was raised that way. And you know, when I see it, I'll believe it instead of believing it and then seeing it. Right. Wow. So very different mindset that I have now, but so she gifted me this reading. And the first thing I said to the astrologer who lives actually in this neighborhood, I said, just so you know, I don't believe in astrology. I'm such a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, okay, you don't have to. And then of course she proceeded to give me this reading where all of a sudden I was blown away by everything that she was telling me, like things that happened in my childhood, things that you know, she kind of called out that I was a writer. I was a writer in my early twenties, but Mm -hmm. I hadn't written in 25 years. I was a magazine writer and like almost rounding at a certain age and like just all these things that were just so, I hadn't even thought about in so long. And I was like, Whoa, this is crazy. So by the end of the reading, she asked me if I had any questions and I was still just having a really hard time getting over this, like, you know, love affair that it was my post divorce romance. That was a five year relationship. It was pretty significant. Yeah. And French guy, Philippe. And um, she said, well, I said, can you just look up his birthday? I just want to make sure I didn't make like a horrible mistake by leaving him or anything like that. Because I was still tugging at me, right? Mm. But I knew it wasn't the right guy. I mean, there was a lot of other reasons which are in the book. But um, so I gave her a birthday. I actually got the birthday wrong. But finally, when I gave her the right birthday, um, she said, he's in line with your point of destiny. And, you know, the word husband and marriage and all this stuff came up and I, and then my sister called me and said, dad has two weeks left to live. And I really like, I rock bottom got a whole lot lower and I just lost it. I was like drinking tequila. I was like, had just, you know, a really rough night, woke up in the morning and, um, I looked in the mirror and I just didn't recognize myself. I was like a ghost of who I had been. I... I just had lost like all hope in life. I just like the all light that we have in us had just been snuffed out. And so I had this epiphany that, um, Philippe was born in Paris on November 2nd, 1968. And I was texting my girlfriend, Nicole, who gifted me, gifted me the reading. And I said, well, he can't be the only one. I just have to go meet every other man who was born on November 2nd, 1968. And being like the amazing best friend that she is, she's like, well, that's a great idea. Let's go. She's like, we're going to have to go to Paris. And I was like, okay. And it wasn't really, I just felt like I had gotten out of checkmate a little bit with that like kind of story in my head about this astrologer who was right about everything in my life and blew me away and then told me something that really didn't work. Like is, and by the way, Philippe had moved on. He's with somebody else. It's not like that story is going back. Um, 
Then I went to go see my dad, who was going through some really difficult end-of-life stuff. He was trying to decide kind of how to end life, and he was actually trying to decide if he was going to do something called Aiden Dying, and so it was a big, heavy conversation. He starts crying. My sister and I are by his bedside. My mom is, like, not there because she can't handle it. They've been married 56 years. I'd never seen my dad cry my whole life. And, you know, he was sad because he was having to leave my mom. He promised he would always, like, love and protect and take care of her, and... She came from like a really difficult background um, from Scotland and he just always was that guy like I'll take care of you forever and he was just heartbroken that he couldn't anymore and he started crying and um, my sister turned to me and she's like I haven't talked about this in a while so it's making me like it just feels like yesterday mm-hmm. so she turned to me and says Tosh you got to change the conversation like do or say something and I was like okay I've been I, that's my yeah. role in the family right <laughs> we all have this role and I w- I've always been comic relief. So I was like, dad, I met with this astrologer and this is what she said. Did you know astrologers had assistants? And I was like trying to lighten the mood Mm -hmm. and I see my dad. And by the way, he's like on death's door, right? (laughs) He's like literally in his like bed with like oxygen tanks and everything. And this poor man is looking at me with his eyes wide. He's like, my daughter has lost it. (laughs) Yeah. I was afraid I was going to give him a heart attack before he died of lung disease. Like it was a really like risky move. And then, um, he got real quiet for a long time because he was losing the ability to speak. And then he said, um, sounds like you're going to Paris. I'll meet you there. And it was like one of the last conversations I had with him. And my sister was like, yeah, fuck you life telling us how to live. And all of a sudden it turned into this party and like we turned on like music and started dancing and the hospice person comes in and is dancing with us. And it turned into this joyous moment of, I guess, kind of having a little bit of hope that we'll see each other again. Oh, you know, which, which, so the book is about that yeah. journey and I ended up doing just that so I tracked it took me about yeah. a year and it wasn't like you know a, it's not a <clears throat> well you don't have to give away the ending it's not a simple story but I did go, but to, Paris. Did go to Paris I went to Paris with my sister and my best friends and it, we went on this journey of meeting a bunch of strange men and I think it's incredible yeah it was amazing it was a life-changing event and then as soon as I got back and scattered his ashes and it was one year since he passed that was like my that was my grief journey right but it was yeah. with a lot of fun like rom-com <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> it's like a comedic grief journey um, i mean <clears throat> there's worse ways to to get through grief uh but it's so cool the whole experience and the divine timing of all of that yeah. to give you who provides everybody else this comic relief and this lightness during hard moments for you to have an experience that could do that same thing for you, I think is so cool. Yeah. And the fact that you're courageous enough to like take this chance and go on this adventure and, and not be tied to like, it has to end a certain way or it's going to be a failure. It's good. You know, like there's so many people who I think have these ideas and, or passions and, and we're too scared to make those decisions to follow through with them. So that's the part I think is just the most special yeah. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so everyone has to buy the book, obviously, and read it and enjoy it. We, I, as you know, you signed a copy for my mom. <laughs> you were so sweet. Everybody She listening. loved it. She literally started reading it that morning. Like, Aww. Chad gave it to her. Chad obviously is loved much more than I am by my mom. Everyone knows this. Oh my God, you're so uh, funny. She loves us both, but like, let's be real. Chad's a dream, a dream son of a He's very lovable, yes. And so he 
didn't even give me the opportunity to be like, mom, this is my friend who wrote this book. He was like, Natasha is my dear friend. And I went (laughs) specifically to have her sign this for you for your birthday. Oh my gosh. You guys were so sweet. So I did, I did a book signing at Barnes and Noble to anybody listening to this. And the one thing they don't tell you as an author that sometimes you show up and nobody comes. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's terrifying. So sometimes these events are packed and I had packed events like at every book signing, everything I did during my like book tour. I was at Barnes and Noble with pouring rain outside. There was nobody. And I'm just standing yeah. at a table with a stack of books. And it was huge. It it's was... like the biggest Barnes and Noble I've ever seen. And yeah. also nobody leaves their house in Los Angeles when it's raining. No. And this was like no. the winter rain to end <laughs> all rains. <laughs> like the kind of rain where you're like, you're going to need to bring the car to me because yeah. I'm not walking five oh, feet through you're the so sweet. Lot. And you guys came out. It was a whole blast. family. It was, it was so fun. great. And then lined up for the photo so it looked like it was busy <laughs> so i can post like, that on instagram get over here like, grab right. some books <laughs> we had a blast well, it was fun and good. my mom loved the gift and the sentiment uh, and the actual book so uh, it was a win thank you uh i just love that story so much uh one of the things that we ask everybody on this show yes, yes. is you know, it's trying to get at the heart of like, what does composed living mean to you? But I think also without context, that's maybe hard to understand because people just think of it, you know, on the the home organization level of it. For me, it goes so much further. And it's, um, I mean, I have to live in an organized space because that's just how my brain works. Like I, I won't be able to accomplish any other goals in life if my space is a mess. So it is truly the starting point for all other activities in my life right but when we started this business it was with the goal of helping people you know find that same sense of security and calm within their homes but so that they can go on to create the rest of their life in a way that feels really special and meaningful to them right and I think that that's different for everyone and it changes throughout our lives so right now for me at this exact moment in time I'm very focused on how do I organize my life and my days so that I can experience more joy? Right. And it's very easy for me to get, I get caught up in, uh, I'm obviously a very productive person and I'm very goal oriented. So I can spend 24 hours a day working towards accomplishing something, but there isn't always a lot of joy in that for right. me, or I forget that I can add joy <laughs> into those moments. Yes. Then you asked me why I started a podcast, I guess that would have been a better answer is like, this is something that professionally I wanted to do, but also it's something that's very joyful for me to be in community and in conversation with people that I love and that I want to learn from and share these stories with. So that's an example, I guess, of like what I'm doing right now. And so for me, my word is joy. And I'm wondering if there's something that comes to mind for you as like your focus at this point in your life. It's so interesting. You know, when I had that first reading with my astrologer, she said, you're in your superpower year now because of the planets and whatnot. And she says, right now you're supposed to be having fun. And I thought, am I allowed to have fun? You know, was it, I was actually in a really dark place. My father was dying and I was, yeah. And then I thought, you know, well, wait a minute. I am allowed to have fun. 
And so I started kind of, when I started going on this adventure, I mean, all of our mutual friends, by the way, not going to name them, they looked at me like I was like, just crazy. What? You know? That's not true. You're doing Maybe what? True. You're tracking down how? I mean, I went on the radio, I made t-shirts, I went on Facebook, I did target yeah. advertising. Like I was hell bent on living this like adventure that I wanted to be on. And I remember a lot of people turned to me and they're like, wow, your life is like a movie. And I'm like, well, so is yours. You just don't like the genre. Like yeah. choose... So when you think about, I was thinking about this like composed living, right? Or for me, it's like curated living or choosing not just the things, the items that we have in our closets and in our home, but, you know, the friendships we keep, the the choices we make during the day, like really just being mindful yeah. about what we're doing instead of being reactive, which is kind of how I was living life up until then. I was just reacting to like pivoting to kind of solve whatever problem instead of being like, no, this is the direction I want to go in and here's how I get there. And knowing it's okay to let go of some things, you yeah. know, a lot it's of like, let it go of that beloved sweater. <laughs> doesn't mean you didn't love that sweater. Like yeah. I had to let go of Philippe. Like I had to let go of a past love, but you know, I still love him and I love that time. And it's the same thing with living in what we have in our homes and how we organize our day. And it's like, it's okay to sometimes, you know, if a friendship doesn't serve you anymore and you guys, you know, you don't feel good when you're around something, then yeah. maybe it has should find another place. So not in a negative way. I mean that in a positive way. I don't know yeah. if that's coming oh, absolutely. out right. Yeah. I think so. I feel very much the same, the same way. And that's, we talk about sort of decluttering in phases and not like a phase within your home, like you go from closet to garage, but like once your home is done, then you have to start on the emotional side uh, or the relationship side yeah. or, you know, these other these other things, even if it's like goals or ambitions, yeah. you know, when I was 18, I wanted to be a lawyer and then I found out that I was pregnant and then I, you know, had a baby and was in college right, and right, right, then I was right. like, well, do I want to be a better mom? Not that you can't be a good mom if you're a lawyer or working crazy hours. For me, it wouldn't have made any sense. Right. And I wanted to be able to spend more time with uh, with this small person, you know? And so I had to pivot. Right. And it's like, I could spend the rest of my life being regretful right? or like holding some grudge against someone at the universe or circumstances or whatever, but right. that doesn't serve me on my path moving forward. And so I think there's so much of life that we can absolutely leave in the past and be happy for those times yeah. and, and realign ourselves around what feels better now yeah. uh joyful joyful yeah so are you still always fun you're like yeah driving things. yeah and I forget sometimes so it's actually good to sit down and have a conversation like this because I don't live every moment of my life that way I yeah. wish I could same <laughs> <laughs> all joy yeah. all the time <laughs> yeah it doesn't work that way but it's nice to to have like you know conversations about it and remind remind yourself that it's okay to give myself permission to have a little fun sometimes even yeah you know yeah, because I think I was tough on myself for a very long time. I'm not so tough on myself anymore. I think it's easy to do as a mom, as a woman, yeah. as a younger person. It's, you know, we have, at least I can only speak for myself. I have very high standards for myself and what I yep. think I can accomplish in an hour, in a day, in yep. a lifetime. Yeah, <laughs> It's pretty unreasonable when I, I like, know. actually write, like write it down and look at it. And I'm like, huh, okay, well... Maybe we should realign some things here. I know, here. I know. We're doing good. Yeah. 
it's fine. It's all fine. It's all fine. I know. I got to let go of the like, I wish this could be better. I wish that could be a better yeah. mother, better writer, better real estate agent, better, you know, all like, it's like, wait, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing that puts it in perspective for me, the fastest is just going outside and doing anything in nature. Nature. Right. Like yep. the minute if you put me on a beach and there's no one around, I'm just like, it's, and I love the beaches here on like a cloudy day where it's oh, empty. There's that. no one around, maybe the occasional person like with their dogs or something, but just watching the ocean yeah. and feeling like the breeze and smelling the salt water. It's like, it doesn't cost you anything. Yep. It's, you know, just you and this beautiful planet that we live on. And then I remember like, it doesn't, nothing else really matters, yeah. you know? Yeah. I'm a tree There's hugger. some stuff so that's like, it's yeah. so cool. There's stuff that's interesting. There's stuff that's a huge pain in the ass and everything in between. But really it's like, you have such a finite amount of time to enjoy the beauty mm-hmm. of this planet and the people that live here. And so, you know. And a reminder that there's something bigger than yeah. us. Because it's during, you know, before... I met you. I was not spiritual. I was not, you know, a believer. I didn't really have a whole lot of hope. I just kind it's of so weird for me to picture. Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? crazy? Even as you say it, I'm like, no, I don't believe I know. you. <laughs> I know. I know. I think I've people always, can change. Um, I guess it happened. Yeah. yeah. So, but that's my best way to like tap into like a higher something. So it's just in nature, and I think it's a good reminder that there is like just. My my stuff's not that important. There's something bigger, you know. So yeah. it is important. I mean, your stuff is right always important to you, and you know to those closest to you. But truly, I think it just helps us to. There's like I don't know what's going on in Los Angeles. Do you have all of these stupid, weird little like gnats, right? Tiny gnats yeah. flying around. Yeah. Where are they coming from? I don't know. I noticed it too the other day. Is it's that, is so that a thing? annoying. It's like, how did you even get into this room? It's like the most secluded part of the house. <laughs> fall anyway, sorry for all of you who are not watching the video of this. There was a very annoying little gnat who tried to attack my face. What are you doing? Do you have anything lined up that's like really fun in the future? I got accepted at an artist residency in France, which I'm really excited about. I was going to go... I know. It's fabulous. I'll send it to you. It's a chateau in the Champagne region. It's like one of the 10 most beautiful residencies in the world. I'm so excited. I can't pronounce this it. This is so cool. It's amazing. Like, I, I just don't know. I, I kind of wasn't sure. This is me doubting me. I'm like, wait, yeah. why did you accept me? Like, now I have to you're write awesome. again. Yeah, it would probably feel good to be accepted. And I, um, I just randomly, like submitted a thing in the middle Love. of the night and so I was gonna what go this summer it? what are you doing <clears throat> you go for two weeks and okay. you work on whatever you want to there's musicians and sculptors and painters and filmmakers and any kind of artists can go there uh, as far as I understand and they this beautiful couple runs it it's like 20 people and you just kind of sit in this village of 40 it's a tiny village and oh work on your art. So I was going to go this summer, but I had to push it to next summer first because of some family stuff going on. But congrats. This thanks. is so cool. Yeah. So that's going to make me like get my butt into gear again and start writing. Cause I haven't been writing. I took a break. I think that this is like the most beautiful answer to that question that you could have come up with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's insane. I, when I got accepted, I was like, you're kidding. Like oh, this is a exciting. whole new book. Like I would watch this movie of somebody else yeah. going there. It's it's spectacular and all well, the food and the wine and the... definitely the genre of movie that I want to be watching. 
Uh, that is so cool. Yeah, Congrats. Excited. Thank you. I am obsessed with like all things that foster creativity right yeah. now. This is like creativity should be like my second word, but I guess they're very closely tied together yeah. for me. And like, you know, I have been very like loosey goosey doing like the artist's way and like trying yeah. to find ways to just like bring that feeling in because it's so wonderful to see what you can create and yeah. to challenge your mind in this way. I love that this is something that you're pursuing. And, yeah. and that it's I not mean, about the end product. Yeah. It's about the process and the community and the people that you meet from all over the world who are going and supporting each other and talking about what it is to be an artist and save workshops. And, and also it's just a place because I, I got a little nervous, like, oh, then I have to, I have to produce, I have to, you know, so I started DMing yeah. all these people who had gone there, they're like, it's not about that, it's really about the process of being there, so. Isn't that, like, that's the nice. greatest life lesson yes. to really let sink in, too, yes. is, like, it is not about producing. Yeah. It's not about how productive can we be, how much can I accomplish, yeah. achieve, it is in the learning yeah. and the creating yeah. and the experiences that you have along the way. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait I for you to go. So this is next summer. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. I could have pushed it back to December, but I was like, no, I'm going to go to France in July. Yeah. Or June or July. July, I think it is. Yeah. Although it does sound very cozy to be all like, oh, girl, if you I know, could go there, curled just up move like into a the chateau. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh -huh. I might conveniently need to like appear in the Champagne region of France. <laughs> I think that's a fabulous idea. <laughs> like the week before or the week after. <laughs> oh, so good. I know. I that's know. That's incredible. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. How fun. And you're still working. And then until then, yeah. So real estate is for me busy right now. I know awesome. that the market has changed a bit, but um, yeah, it's so. Has business picked up since the TV show? So you work at the agency. I work at the agency. They have a relatively new, their own show. Yes. They have oh. Buying Beverly Hills and they're, they're filming season two right now. So I've gone to a couple different like filmings of that so look for me in the background drinking champagne oh my gosh. probably so i don't know we're in the office well if i ever need random people in the background to drink champagne it's like my second calling in life so <laughs> we just went to they were filming for the real housewives of beverly hills yeah and we all got well a couple friends from the agency got invited to um kyle's white party i saw this on instagram and was, was like what top three parties happening? of my whole life it, it was, was at sofi stadium yes yes we took there over was like SoFi. five million people there no there weren't that many actually it felt like it probably looks that yeah. way but it was a pretty small curated list oh my gosh i mean we were having a lot of fun they had performers and dancers and um like you know a whole army of cameras filming everything and of course we're just having fun. We're so like cool. tackling each other on the field, like dancing mm. on the stage. Like, you looked stunning. Love my ponytail. Yeah, I got an Margo, extension. your daughter. I brought my, Margo is my date. So yeah. beautiful. I'm so happy she's home. For people who don't know the connection between those two things, and mm. hopefully I'll get this right. I've never watched The Real Housewives. All the all the girls on my team are obsessed. I don't watch it either. I have, um, but I don't watch much TV in general, actually. But they have. Yeah, same. That's not true. I watch a lot of TV, but it's. I, whatever. Yeah. I watch other. Yeah. Television. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I have to compromise with a husband and we have to find things that we like together. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Yeah. So Kyle is so one of the housewives. Kyle is a housewife. She's married to the founder of Maurice the agency. Yes. And mm -hmm. that, so that's how those two shows come together. Yes. It's like a his and hers. Yeah. Amazing so, and, and buying show. Beverly Hills <laughs> is, yeah, basically it's all mostly about Mauricio and his 
girls, yeah. his amazing family, whom I adore, every single one of them, and a bunch of other characters of the yeah. agency. So cool. And me in the background drinking champagne. Love it. <laughs> what a dream. Um, it's so LA. My life is so. <laughs> but in the best way. I know. And know. none of it feels as long as you go hug fake. a tree every once in a while yeah. and like kind of get, get out some of perspective. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's so yeah. That white party looked so fun. I love a theme. I know. How exciting! Yeah. Well, I'm glad that business is good. I know people are a little worried about the real estate market right now, and yeah, and whatever. But people but... will always buy and sell. People always yeah. have reasons to move, and so you know, people worry totally. about interest rates. But you can always refinance, and people are still, you know, at least it was a little nutty before when there yeah. was like 60 offers on one house. It was hard to be. Yeah. It was hard to help people when there was so much competition. Now it's like leveling out a bit, and that's which I think is okay. Great. Yeah, and every time I talk about interest rates to my dad, he's like, "Oh, please!" When I bought the house that you grew up in, interest rates were like thirty percent. Right. <laughs> I'm like, "What? Okay, well, right. great, no big deal." We've then. just been living in a stream, like yeah, an unusual, yeah, un- unusually low. Yeah, a lot of our lifetime has been in this kind of funny other circumstance. Yeah, but, I mean, we just bought this house, and it was. Just before all of that, I guess. So right. it was very much like the bidding war yeah. timeline and yeah. what a nightmare that is. It's hard. And I feel like it also forces you into, it doesn't force you, but like it can force you into a rash decision because you feel this false sense of pressure. Yeah. And so I think there's, you know, actually some good that comes out of this too, where it's like you can make an educated decision. You can go after the property that actually suits yeah. you. Yes. Uh, it's really nice. Yeah, it's good. Anyone out there wanting to buy or sell, call me. Yeah. <laughs> That's my <Yeah>. little plug. <laughs> Besides buying my book, I'll sell your house. I'll buy you my house. What do you mean? Do whatever I'll bake you a cake. How about if you buy a house from Natasha, she will throw in a book. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's a buy one, get one situation, people. <laughs> we got to get on board here. <laughs> And then you can hire Composed Living to help you move into the house, out well, of your old house, into the new that's house. That's such a brilliant um, collaboration. So we need oh to talk about that. Absolutely. Off. Yeah. Um, helping people move is like one of my favorite things because it's such a stressful it's so time. Stressful. And it's so wonderful to be in a position to help people make that more enjoyable. Yeah. I love that. That and garages for some reason are like my fave just because it's You're such amazing. an easy win. <laughs> Everyone's garage is like disgusting to begin with. So no matter what we do, it's like, look, magic. (laughs) Right, 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 right. You're always going to be happy with the results. Oh, man. So good. Well, it's so nice to have you here. It's so nice Uh, to be here. Thank you so much for being a guest today. I hope everybody gets the book, reads the story. So exciting. Of course. Thank you for having me in your lovely home. Lovely in progress. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's great. <laughs> it's a work in progress. Well, but I can feel the joy. Done. Yeah, we did the feng shui numbers on this house you before did. I bought it. Yeah, this is like my new weird obsession. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it's a two, which means like relationships. Oh, and boy, has this house tested our relationships. Yeah. Now in a good way. Good. The first year, not so much. Yeah, well, <laughs> it was real rough. <laughs> but I think now I understand the meaning of that, you know, where it was like in the first year, we bought this house to work on our family relationships, to have a bigger space right. for everyone to feel comfortable being here. And it's funny because the Encino house, the number was eight, which is like money, money, money. Right. And we made a shit ton of money when we sold that house. It was great. It was yeah. like the best financial investment. Yeah. 
that we ever could have made. And I can only say that without feeling braggy because Chad and I literally spent every dollar that we had ever made after both of us, like 20 years in a career. And then both of us having like divorces and child support and school loans and grad school, like just all the stuff. We finally got to a place where we're like, we can almost put a down payment on this house. And then through the whole like escrow process, they're like, we need a little more. We need right. a little. And then we're like, we don't right. have this. So when we closed, we're like, thank God we don't have to pay a mortgage this first month because we wouldn't wow. be able to. Like, that's how wow. stretched we were. So yeah. four years later when we sold it, we were so fortunate oh, so good. to be able four to years. like. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To be able to get a bigger space and and to do the renovation and all these things. But I was like, this is hilarious that that house's number like literally was money and it gave us the exact amount of money we needed to buy this space and turn it into a house that our family would be happy living in for the next 10 years. Yeah. And so then in that process, it was our marriage that was really tested in the first year because renovations are not fun and just sort of life circumstances. Maybe it's also like that seven-year itch timing. I don't know. I don't know what the seven-year itch means, but I gather it means that couples just, you know, fight like crazy. (laughs) So we did all of that. We got it out of the way. And now that the renovation's almost done, I'm hoping that that translates to like harmonious relationships and, yeah. and just really focused on the family being together here more. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe we'll do like a composed living feng shui house numbers. I would love that. Something. I know very little about it despite like I'll have clients that yeah. they kind of follow their bring somebody in, but I don't, I mean, I don't know much about we it. We have a feng shui expert who is partnering with us. Um, she does, I'm like just learning uh-huh. this piece and I usually will do like my own research just for like, I have such a curious mind and I want to know yeah. all of these things. Uh, but we work with a woman, Laura, who's like an actual certified feng shui expert. And so yeah, I'll have to get her to do a little workshop on like house numerology. I love you can that. do like you can even match it up to the individual person apparently. Well, now we can get Compose Living to work with Natasha from the agency. We'll bring in the feng shui expert. There you go. We'll find someone <clears throat> at the county who approves the changing of house numbers. <laughs> and we'll get everybody situated in their dream home for their dream life circumstances. <laughs> Sounds like that's a good the goal. Plan. So I that's like 2024 goals. Yeah. This year's a little you got, you got your year is full. <laughs> oh man. Natasha, thank you so much for being our guest today. It was a pleasure talking with you. Thank you all for listening to this episode with Natasha Sislow. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. I think you can tell by how much we were laughing that I just adore this woman and she is truly just so much fun. Um, Like, subscribe, share, do all of the cool things that people do with podcasts, and we'll talk to you next week.